I, I completely changed my message uh, this morning, uh, early, and uh, it's that, this is actually, this was going to be one point and then in, in my message, and then I just felt like uh, God spoke to me this morning and just said, I want you to stay here, and I want you to, I want you to expand this, and I, I have to check with Joe, I'm sure, um, bearing in mind everything that Joe's been through in the past week, being in the Dominican and all, <laughs> he'll be so tired that he might not be able to speak next Sunday, so uh, actually, I'm thinking that I might take next Sunday to do part two, and possibly uh, part three the following, and I, I just, I I guess I just want to be sensitive to what I think the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and in the in the uh, time that I spent with God this week, I just felt like, I, I felt like I had an uneasiness or a, a restlessness in my heart, and so I said, well, you know, what am I going to do if I have a restlessness in my heart? So well, I'm going to go and and uh, bearing in mind that my section of scripture this week was Acts two thirty seven and on, um, I started reading that and I, I just I was really stirred to just dive into, um, I guess, relearning some things uh, about uh, about God and how powerful He is and about how. Um, unexpected, he, uh, unexpectedly he moves. And um, so if you're into titles, I, I've titled this one Suddenly, and I'm not going to be speaking out of Acts 2.37 this morning. Uh, I'm going to be going to go back, and I want to stick ourselves into, uh, if I get this working, here we go, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And really, uh, I am not going to be doing an exegetical approach here this morning, line by line, verse by verse. Uh, some of you are going to say, yay! <laughs> but what we're going to do, I just want to key in on one word. And, uh, and then I'm going to go beyond that, and, and uh, we're going to take a little tour, I guess, of God's Word this morning. So uh, you're going to have to stick with me. Here's the scripture in chapter 1 of Acts. Uh, the first verse says, When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I guess this morning, I just want to focus in on the word suddenly. And I think sometimes we, and I know I do, um, I forget how sudden God moves. And I forget because we get, get wrapped up in so many different things, I, I forget that the God that we serve, that we sing about, that we pray to, the God that we, the God that we love... Uh, He's a supernatural God, and He is other. And so, I'm not going to make any apologies this morning if I ramble a bit, because to be honest, this morning I just felt like um, I felt like God just got my attention, and um, 
I'm going to just move on. So the first point here, I just want to take us on a bit of a tour to take a look at the supernatural roots of our faith. And I've got as my subtext here that verse, but I want to, again, I want to just focus on the word suddenly. And um, you see, to us, this is the thing this morning, I just felt like the Holy Spirit, you know, was saying, you know, like, to me, uh, God is a sudden God. You know, he's, he pops up when we least expect it. He comes into our life, um, you know, when we receive him as our Savior, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, um, he comes suddenly, doesn't he? He resurrects us suddenly. He takes us from being dead to being alive. And I've heard people say, you know, um, I was drowning in my sin and Jesus rescued me. And you've heard me say it before. That's not what happened. You weren't drowning in your sin. That's not what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? We were dead in our sins and trespasses. Dead. Dead is dead. You can't get any deader than dead. You can't. Dead is dead. And we weren't drowning in our sin. We had drowned. We were dead. And God, by His Spirit, enables us to respond to Him. And He does it suddenly. But to us, God is sudden. And the truth of the matter is, is that God's dealings with us are always supernatural in their origins, no matter what. Like, I think sometimes we compartmentalize what God does. And we, I know we do. It, you know, it, if, if, uh, if God spoke to me this morning and urged me to focus on one little thing, do you, you know that that's supernatural in its origin? If, if, uh, if you're driving down the street and somehow you avoid a, a car accident, and do you ever have one of those where, you, you know, like, how did I ever get out of that one? Well, that's a suddenly, I think. Right? Supernatural in its origin. If you think of all kinds of different things, if you think this past week to the things in your life, God's dealings with us are supernatural in their origin, and it's because He's other. He's not like us. But you see, we see God as supernatural, but God sees that as totally natural. Because that's what He's like. He's totally outside of us, in a sense, in the way that He moves. You see, it has to do, I think, as well with, with uh, His timing. Because to God... When he moves, he's not moving suddenly at all. When we have a big suddenly in our life, to God it's like, and I don't want to minimize it, but it's like, it's God's, God is like, oh. and he makes it happen, right? He, he, it's supernatural in his origin. It's his nature. He, but he, he has his timing, which thus seems suddenly. It seems all of a sudden, but it's in his timing. I mean, we don't have to look too far, and, and I'm not making any, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to say, we see sudden things happen all the time, don't we? 
I mean, look at Friday. Japan. Uh, that was sudden, wasn't it? I mean, who, who? no one predicted that one. And all of a sudden, you know, you have the, the most serious earthquake in Japan's history hitting them. And they came out this morning and said it was an 8.9. It was like, and the Japan Japanese Meteorological Service is saying it's a 9. Either way, it was big. It was a sudden, all of a sudden, you know. It's like things happen suddenly. But God's dealings with us are supernatural in their origins. And to us, they appear sudden. But the thing is, is all through Scripture, you know, this isn't something new. When we think about, and suddenly, the, the, you know, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. We think like, oh, wow. But if you look back at the Old Testament, this is the way God has moved all the way through. He's a sudden God all the way through. So if you think about Moses, and you look back at what happened there, God moved, God moved sovereignly in delivering Israel from Egypt. In fact, it's a prophetic picture of our deliverance from sin. I mean, God somehow weaves time together and he makes everything just seem so like it makes sense when you when you when you look at that how it's like the whole the whole account of Moses and the children of Israel and how it all happened and the 10 plagues and and these plagues coming and finally Pharaoh relents and then he doesn't and then he does and then he doesn't and he pursues the children of Israel as they're allowed to leave Egypt and they they come to this barrier called the Red Sea. They come to this barrier, it's called the Red Sea, and there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere for them to go. And then suddenly, I mean, do you think Moses, honestly, do you think that he really had the inside track there and when he raised the staff... Do you think he could have foresaw what was going to happen before his eyes? I don't think so. That was a suddenly. Like, and they crossed over on this, this, this sea had parted. I, I can't, if you're like me, I'm trying to think like, man, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see George Lucas do that one. I'd like to see that enacted on film because I think it would be really cool to see what that would look like. But it wouldn't even do it justice. To see this, this sea part and this, this city, really, uh, the size of Toronto, this population, the size of Toronto, a couple million people going through on dry sand as this, these walls of water are on either side of them. Can you imagine what that looked like? That's a suddenly, folks. That's a suddenly. It's a mighty act of God. In fact, God said to Moses, do, the, do these mighty things. He, he, he told him, he says, I'm going to, basically what he said was, I'm going to display, I'm going to display my power and you're going to do mighty acts. I don't think Moses had a clue. I mean, he loved God, but I don't think he had a clue what was coming. I mean, then they crossed the Red Sea and they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And, you know, we, we, we think of that story sometimes, oh, 40 years in the wilderness. But remember that God and His power was with that people when they went through that wilderness. In the daytime, 
they had a pillar of smoke, like a, this cloud of this cloud of smoke that led them forward. I I can't like that's really cool. And at night they had a pillar of fire. I'd like to know when that changed. You know, at the end of the day, like when did that exactly change? What kind of a transition took place between that smoke and that fire? Or was it was it the was it the fire that was smoking in the day or what? But led them through, and then every day they'd get up and there'd be food to eat, just enough for that day. It's like don't stockpile it. There's a whole message in that one. Don't stockpile the food. What happened to the manna when they tried to do that? They got rotten, right? You can't live on yesterday's blessing, is what basically the message is there. You can't live on what happened yesterday. Oh, you can try, and you can get away with it, you think, for a little while, and then before you know it, you're feeling empty. You're hungry. And God doesn't drop us when we do that. And then there's this guy named Elijah. I just, I'm amazed when you, when you dive into 1 Kings 18, and I don't have it on the overhead here, but 1 Kings 18 is, is worth a read. And it's, it's the story of the confrontation, and we've heard it before, it's the story of the confrontation between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. That's an amazing suddenly. Now, Elijah, I don't think, had any idea as to what would happen. But the point is, he trusted God for a suddenly. In fact, he had an expectation for something bigger. And I mean, Elijah was almost arrogant in his trust of God. If you remember the story, if you don't know the story... I'm not going to recount it here because we don't have a lot of time, but you need to go and read it. But in the account, basically, it's like, whichever God shows up is the God we're going to serve. So if Baal shows up, then we're on our knees and we're on our face before Baal. This is Elijah saying it. So they built their altars. And Elijah, he was taunting them. And he, you know, he's, okay, boys, where's, where is he? Oh, he must be in the toilet. Like he was, he was not giving them anything. And the end of the story, of course, is quite something. God shows up in power, and we know who God is. The altar of the prophets of Baal is destroyed. The prophets of Baal eventually are destroyed. God in sudden power. God is moving. In power. And in the Old Testament, there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, God didn't move. He did some great things and everything. But, but we also remember that God's people were, were pretty unfaithful too, right? But the thing is, is when you look at the Old Testament, you know, we see the fact that when God's people walk with God, the acts of God happen. And sometimes, you know, just because of God's grace... He would initiate the deliverance even when they weren't faithful. But there was always somebody crying out. And in the Old Testament, the people were marked not by their laws that they followed. They were marked by faith. They were a people of faith. And if, and if, if there wasn't faith, there was no people. 
And at times the people disappeared into exile. At times the people, you know, when, when, they, when, they, when they turned their back on God and they followed those gods that God destroyed, you know, I mean, the whole sense of the gods of, you know, the, the Baal God, I mean, he's not even a god for goodness sake. And yet the people followed these fake gods. And they, they pursued these other things. And God had contempt for them. And Psalm 115 sums it up. It's like, we have bales in our society, don't we? We have, if we're honest, we've had bales in our life. We've got these things that we worship, whether we define it as worship or not. If you don't worship God, you're worshiping something. Don't let anybody ever tell you that they're not um, religious, if you will. The most religious people in the world are the ones that, that, that aren't following Jesus. Their idols are silver and gold. Psalm 115. The work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. Eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel. Feet but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. God, please. Don't let us fall into the trap of these counterfeits. It's like, how much time do we spend? How much time have I spent in my life pursuing counterfeits when they give me nothing in return? And on top of it all, I become like them. God, help us. Help us to be faithful. Help us to, to follow you. To trust you. You're the God that destroyed those fake gods. You can, you know, what good does it man, what, is it, what good does it do for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I mean, we pursue things. And I look around and I see my friends, and I see even in my, my family, I have a big family, I see people pursuing things that, that aren't going to benefit them. See, by faith, we walk with God and we see Him for who He is. By faith, the people in the Old Testament, they walked with God and they saw Him for who He was. To continue on, you know, God loves to display His power. He loves to act suddenly, and we need to be ready for it. We need to be ready for what God is going to do. So we move from the Old Testament, and we get to the New Testament. And in the New Testament, uh, we find that everything in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus. You know, Jesus is the best example of a suddenly. I think it was a suddenly when Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. It's a big suddenly. Uh, and Mary hid these things in her heart. 
That's a suddenly. That's more sudden than the birth. But if the birth is a suddenly, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Logos that created everything. All of a sudden, He's in a manger. It's amazing. Everything points to Him. Everything points to Jesus. Jesus Himself pointed to His own works. In Matthew 9, it says that they were awestruck by the things that Jesus did. What about the suddenly of the resurrection? That's a suddenly. God displaying His power. Actually, you know, the cross is somewhat of a suddenly too. But the resurrection, the ascension is suddenly. So why did He have to ascend anyway? Why couldn't He have just stayed with us? Jesus said, you know, if I don't go to be with My Father... My spirit can't be with you. See, in Acts 10, 38, it says this, you know, Peter was talking and he's preaching and he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. See, we see it all through the New Testament God's power. It's not just in the book of Acts. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4-5 says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Came not only in word, and yeah, we come in word, we preach the gospel. But... We should have an expectation for the power of God with the Word. You can't separate the Word and the Spirit. Well, I go to a Word church. We're faithful to the Word, brother. I go to a Spirit church. The Spirit, he's a, He moves. We, we just love it when He moves. Unfortunate part about it is, is that in either type of those two extremes, you're missing something. You're missing life in a word church if, that's, if there's no demonstration of God's power. And in a spirit church, if there's no demonstration of the word, you see, you can't separate the word and the spirit. It's foolishness. Hebrews 2, or sorry, 1 Corinthians 2. 4 and 5, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words, as Paul, words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Again, words, Spirit, power. And in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Paul, again, it's like nailing it home. Power. There's a, there's, with the word, there's power. Hebrews 2, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. There's nowhere it says that stops. 
That doesn't stop. The, the Holy Spirit, is a, He's a God of power. God is power. His Holy Spirit, when He moves, we should expect to see the mighty acts of a powerful God. Just recently, I, I do a lot of, I have a, 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 an online, a really great, actually, online Bible and uh, beautiful study notes, and it's really, it's just really good. And as an addendum to that, they've just released another famous preacher's study notes under a different tab. And you, so I just wanted to kind of say, okay, where is he really coming from with some of the verses that are traditionally used to, to, you know, you can tell where someone's coming from, whether they actually believe that God demonstrates his power today. So I looked up a couple key verses and I, with dismay, I read this like the long rambling theological discussion on how this isn't necessary for today anymore. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it is. Don't you think that we are in need of God's power? Don't you think that God's power is is something that that changes things? He's not some ethereal, distant force out there that we kind of just blindly follow. He speaks to us, for goodness sake. I love it when He speaks. Galatians 3, 5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing by faith? It's like, your good works aren't going to change anything. My good works don't change anything when it comes to what happens. I can't gain God's favor. God's not, a, God's not like a pinata that I can beat and get stuff to fall out of. It's like he's not a sugar god. It's like, and folks, I've got to remind myself of that. He supplies the Spirit to us and works miracles among us because he loves us and because that's the way he's moved from the beginning of time. God is unchangeable. So he moves that way. So suddenly from heaven, and we're going to go into the home stretch here, Pentecost, although foretold, it was in all of a sudden. I mean, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. And they did, and suddenly, right? See, God is in the business, you know, we fast forward to today, God is in the business of changing things suddenly. Did you know that in northern India today, in northern India today, there are more churches in northern India than in all of the United States of America? Did you know that? I didn't know that. I was, I was amazed to read that. All different. It's, these are all different churches. But this is, all, this is an explosion of the suddenly in the past 15 years. From nothing to something. Now I tried to find the video clip this morning. I couldn't find it. But as another example, just closer to home, down in, 
down in uh, one of the southern states, I think it's Kentucky, there was a church there. They were meeting, and they were about 250 people, and they'd been chugging along for about 15 or 20 years. And all of a sudden, the pastor had this sense, the lead pastor had this sense that we need to expand our leadership. And the, the sense he got from God was that they need to expand their leadership but it was kind of a ridiculous impression he got because the expansion of leadership didn't match at all where they were or even where they could be in a few years. And he was like, why am I doing this? Anyway, he just said, I'm going to be obedient. He ran it by his other elders and, and they said, yeah, you know, well, let's, they continued to pray and they, they sought God and they started to expand their leadership and people thought they were nuts because their leadership was expanding beyond where it should have been, right? It's like having a church of 50 and having like 15 elders, that kind of thing, you know. And so they were doing it, they were, they expanded the leadership. And then one day, one Sunday, they were 250. And he says, I can't even explain it. The next Sunday, we were 1,500. It's like... Now, the skeptic among us, if there are any in the room, say, oh, yeah, right. True. They went from 250 to 1,500 in the, in the span of a week. And over that month, they grew even more. And he said, we would have been totally unable to even consider how we were going to be able to deal with it had we not done what we felt God was saying to do. Because when the suddenly shows up, you see, God sometimes... Like, God knows what he's doing, but how much more do we need to be listening so that even though we don't know what's coming around the next corner, somehow we're ready, right? You know, this morning, we've, you know, God sets before us an open door to his presence and power. But what's the opposite of the open door? A closed door. Are we facing any closed doors? And I think this morning in our worship, wouldn't you say that there's a fair amount of closed doors happening? I, I think so. But God sets before us an open door. It's, it's kind of like, like how you turn your head to either see it this way or to see it this way. We see an opportunity when we see a closed door or do we see a closed door? Do we see an opportunity for God to move? See, because I believe that God's suddenlies help us to face life and its suddenlies. See, but God moves in suddenlies. Have you had any suddenlies lately that aren't, like, identifiably at least, God suddenlies? Well, that not that an interesting question? But, because we could say, well, all of it is. But we do battle the world, the flesh, the devil, right? Are there any devil-type suddenlies? Are there any world-type suddenlies that are closed doors in front of you? And God's suddenlies, we need to be ready for them to come. See, I think we have to have a new perspective 
I know that for me, and I can say it personally, I need to have a new perspective. I need to have a perspective that sees God's mercy and sees God's grace in a more powerful way and one that is able to interrupt and change, if not my circumstances, my reactions to them. You know, I want to see more of the God suddenly stories. I mean, where I'm sitting on a weekly basis because of, I guess, just because, I mean, if you're a life group leader or if you're in some kind of position of leadership, you're going to hear a lot of challenging situations that come our way. Well, God, I want your suddenlies. I want your suddenlies to change our attitudes, to change the way we look at them. But, I also want God to move. What did I do? I can do this. There. See, challenges that we face, it's like, I know you're with me when I say our reaction to our circumstances is key, right? How we react to our circumstances. How they, how, when we're faced with a circumstance that's, that's difficult, it, it could all of a sudden pop right up. Our reaction to them is, is key, right? But I'm also really crying out to God for those circumstances to change. Anybody here could do with some circumstances changing? I could. We all could. See, God's power can change any situation. God's power is key. And and this morning when I was when I was praying, and this is when I felt I felt like God said, change everything. I don't care if you sound ridiculous this morning. I don't like I, I was sitting because I had everything. I was just I'm just, I was just so this morning. And he said, I don't really care. He said, but I want you to I want you to prophesy over this church this morning. I want you to prophesy over this church um, that circumstances will change. He said, I want to, the, the sense, I, I wrote it all down. He, he said, I want you to speak into our lack of faith for circumstances that resist change. I want you to speak into it. So that's what I'm doing. Our reaction, like, it, was, it was like I was typing it, it was like it typed itself. Our reaction to life circumstances is key, but we must expect God to move. It's like we must expect him to move. I just felt like there's a, there's a, this morning that this impending sense of this move of God, and I am, I am being bold enough to state that I think we're going to start seeing some suddenly changed circumstances over these next weeks and months. You can't amen that one. You can say, yeah. 
You know what? Because I think it's true. It's not that it's all terrible. It isn't. I just think that God is, God is, you know, God, God never changes, but the way he moves sometimes changes. And I just think that there's something happening. 